Hello, everyone, and welcome to the third episode of Hoops with Coop. I'm your host, Noel Guerra, and today we have a special guest, Mr. Derek Cooper. Welcome to the pod. Yeah, thanks. <clears throat> thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. You know, it's good to finally get uh, on a podcast with you so we can talk some hoops for sure. So, Derek, um, just introduce yourself, like tell everyone who you are and like what you do. Well, um, as the name suggests, I'm kind of the owner of the company at this point. Um, basically, a sports fan through and through. Um, want to make sure that we have, you know, good quality content. I would like to be able to kind of, you know, dive in when I can. And you, you've given me an opportunity to kind of dive in on the basketball stuff. And, and I'm eternally grateful for that. And so I'm very excited about, you know, kind of what this looks like going forward. Uh, definitely would like to say thank you for just giving me the platform, giving everyone with Cooper Sportsnet just a platform for this. And thank you for hopping onto the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so just just get into it. Let's just talk about some hoops. Um, you know, obviously you came on here, so you're a big basketball fan. But I know for a fact you're a big sports betting fan. Isn't that right? Yeah, definitely. Uh, definitely love to sports bet. Um, it's kind of one of those things that's kind of a, you know, a passion of mine. Uh, not always a good passion to have, depending on how <laughs> hot or cold I am at this point. Um, but definitely something that keeps uh, it's kind of one of my vices uh, in life for sure. You're in Houston though, right? Yeah, correct. Yeah. So how does that work with the betting there? It's not legal there, right? So t- technically speaking, I've been sports betting since I was like 18 years old. Um, a lot of offshore accounts. I've had accounts for over a decade plus. I've never had any issues offshore betting. So um, it's kind of worked out well for me, but yeah, you're right. In Texas, it is not very easy to make sports bets unless you know kind of how to go through the process i i actually um kind of compare it to crypto in a way like a lot of people have difficulty getting involved in crypto right now very similar in texas for people that are trying to get into sports betting so i do not envy that whatsoever i feel bad that you just can't like for me i could just you know log into FanDuel, DraftKings, or whatever and then just put a bet in and then go along with my day you know some people like you know, if they don't know what they're doing, I, they're not going to be able to bet there in Texas, you know. So luckily you have the experience, I would say. Yeah, and I I, I want to say, you know, a lot of it was kind of trial and error. You know, obviously there's there's been some offshore sports books that have done some nefarious things uh, with player funds and things like that. But I've I've been very lucky that I kind of got involved in kind of the the main – uh, books on the off in the in the offshore industry and and I've really never had any issues um, in my experience. So is is there any chance that Texas will legalize it anytime soon, or is, has there been talk about it? So the problem you have in Texas is that you have states like Oklahoma and Louisiana who have legalized gambling and they pump money into the political system in Texas, uh, which basically helps super conservative candidates get um elected into our state legislature and because we have a super conservative state legislature you know it's very tough to get those bills through you know the house and the senate in order to get them um because that would have to in texas you'd have to amend the constitution in order to expand gambling in, in any way and so what that means is you'd have to get you know an abundance of support through the 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 house 
and Senate in the state of Texas in order for it to go to a referendum, which is voted on by the people. Wow. So it's just like a long process just to even get sports betting involved. Yeah. Yeah. That's why, that's why I firmly believe we're probably one of the, it'll probably be the last state to come on board. Um, Because again, you know, Texas is kind of the great frontier. If you've ever, I don't know if you've ever been to Texas, but if you are a Texas um, citizen or whatever, and you live in Texas, basically when you drive across the border into Oklahoma and Louisiana and you go to a casino, the entire parking lots are filled with Texas license plates. And it's because it's kind of a tourist destination for Texans to leave the state and go gamble. I'll tell you right now, come March madness, I'll probably be in Louisiana at a casino somewhere <laughs> finding a sports book. So I can bet. So I can bet on March madness. So just stay there all uh, day. <laughs> no, no, no. I'll be there for the weekend. I'll, I'll, I'll book a hotel. I'll book a hotel at the casino and I'll be there. It'll be a weekend trip for me. My birthday happens to be in March too. So it, oh, perfect. It's an, op- it's an opportunity for me to kind of make it like a birthday getaway, you know, Bur- birthday getaway. Time. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> all right. So perfect. Perfect. So, you know, we talk about some sports betting. Do you have any, you know, do you have, I came up with a couple future bets for, for basketball, you know, just, you know, whether it's MVP race, whether it's who's going to win a championship, who's going to win division conference, whatever. Do you have any that come to your mind that has really good value and think actually has a chance of hitting? So I will tell you, um, just from my experience, I dive so deeply into college football and basketball, I mean, college football and pro football, um, that I really don't place a lot of futures bets, uh, at the beginning of the NBA season. Um, I have in preparation for this podcast, gotten a chance to look at some of the future stuff. And I, I, there are a few opportunities with big value, um, that I think people should look at. I am a diehard college basketball better. It is, it is where I always just churn out money for some reason. It's every year I'm profitable in college basketball. So I actually lean towards betting on college basketball more than pro basketball. I'm a big player props guy in pro basketball. Um, just cause I think that's, you can kind of, yeah. you can kind of, uh, and you and I have talked about this off of the podcast. You can kind of see some positive indicators and really get a feel for you know, players that are doing well, I'll just tell you right now, I've rode Paulo Bontero for since he, since he debuted in the league this year. And basically I've been on his overs on rebounds and points pretty much every night he plays. And it's been a pretty profitable season thus far, just being on Paulo Bontero. He's, he's the no doubt MV. I mean, a uh, rookie of the year in the NBA, there's no value to find in that race because that thing is locked up already. So it's, that's gone. It's, it's been done since game 10, like yeah. from game 10, as long as he was going to stay healthy, it was a lock that Paulo is going to win. Even like something like most improved, like it's a hard, that's a award that's very hard to dictate. But for this season, I, I could pretty strongly say that Shay Gilgis Alexander is going to win it just because of the jump he's made and no one else has really made a leap that like that far compared to someone like him. So that's another race that you could say is probably locked up. So I, I could see it's a little bit hard to dictate, okay, you already know two races for the most part are already pretty much locked up for the most part. Uh, so do you have any long shots for maybe MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, um, whether it's 
uh, you know, who's going to win the conferences, anything, or do you even have any college basketball that you want to share, like for futures, like who might make, who you have as like pretty much like a front runner to make it to final four national title game. So I would love to dive into kind of the defensive player of the year award. Um, also six man of the year. Uh, and I think there's some value in both of those awards as well as coach of the year at this point. Um, Defensive player of the year right now, the favorites, Brooke Lopez uh, from the Milwaukee Bucks. He's at plus 150 at some books that I've seen. Um, very interesting that he's kind of the favorite. I think actually his teammate, Giannis, has a chance to win that award outright the longer the season goes. And he's actually plus 800 right now uh, on most books. You can get him at pretty good value uh, for the defensive player of the year award. Uh, so I think that's kind of my value play in the defensive player of the year award race, uh, which would be Giannis over Brooke Lopez. I think the longer the season goes, if if Milwaukee can kind of stay at that one seed uh, area in the Eastern Conference and Giannis kind of takes over down the stretch, I think you could easily see some of those odds shift in Giannis's favor uh, because he is loved by the media for the most part. So, and we all know that that award, those awards are voted on by the media. And again, I think Giannis has a chance to prevail. Uh, at a valuable price at eight to one. I, I like that pick because Brooke Lopez being the favorite, it, it makes sense for what he's done so far. But at the same time, Giannis is probably going to have the longer, is going to have the trajectory of just going upward, upward, upward. And he's already won defensive player of the year before. He's going to have more rebounds than Brooke, probably relatively the same amount of blocks, more steals. He's going to be everywhere, whereas, like, Brooke Lopez is a really good help defender, but Giannis is flying everywhere on the court. And like how you said, the media loves Giannis. So Giannis at 8-1, to 8-1 you said, right? Yeah, 8-1. to one. That's I, – I would take those odds in a heartbeat. Just, you know, because the likelihood of Brooke Lopez – it's weird. Thinking Brooke Lopez winning Defensive Player of the Year just doesn't sound right in my head. So Giannis winning definitely does. Um, I just want to throw one out there that I feel as though has really good odds right now. And this, it, it might sound crazy, but the New Orleans Pelicans to win the West at plus 1,000. Now, it might sound crazy because you're thinking the Pelicans, I mean, they were what, the AC last year, you know, Zion's coming back and it's just a young team. They don't have playoff pedigree. It's a different year. The Western Conference is weak. As of right now, the Pelicans are a top three seed. The West is weak. The Warriors and the Suns have better odds right now than the Pelicans on multiple uh, sports books, which I think is ridiculous. The Warriors are, to me, Warriors write them off. Suns, I'm not going to write them off yet because they have a pedigree, but I'm close to writing them off. To have the Pelicans at plus 1,000, amazing value. They're playing so well. They're a top three seed in the West. Brandon Ingram has been out for the majority of, like, the last month with a toe injury. Herb Jones was out for a little bit. Zion is getting his footing back while looking dominant. Jose Alvarado, I love Jose Alvarado. Then you have – the team is just deep. You have Jonas Valanciunas who can drop, I guess, 36 points. I don't even want to talk about that. I put money on his under – and he had six threes at halftime. And I it's was always like, I good know. when I it's always good when I see you post in the chat. You know, <laughs> hey, I actually bet the under on this. Check this out. And then it's just a massive over already, like in the first half or whatever. I don't know what happened. I'm like, oh, under because I have like all these like thoughts and stats, and then just boom, six threes in the first half, and I'm like, okay. <laughs> but um, even like someone like Dyson Daniels who could come off the bench 
and even as a 19 year old rookie knows his role and understands like okay i'm here to play defense i'm here to move the ball around doesn't make mistakes i love trey murphy if brandon ingram was healthy they would have two all-stars and i even forgot cj mccullum who's having a down year but he's still productive and is a pretty good leader for that team the pelicans winning the west it is not as far-fetched as people would think it is it's really not like the nuggets as of right now the nuggets are the one seed you have the grizzlies then you have the suns and i guess the clippers because the infatuation of the clippers for the past four years will never go away as much as i do think they have a chance that they're fully healthy they have to prove it because it's like how many times do we have to see the same script so pelicans at plus 1000 to win the west what do you think so i like that when i was looking at conference bets the pelicans did catch my eye but there's another team in the west that i think just has the pure firepower in order to win and they have worse odds than the pelicans even Ooh, to win the west okay and that's going to be the dallas mavericks at 16 to 1 wow really when you Make get case well, when you get Luca in the playoffs, as we've seen thus far, he's been able to kind of carry teams that are less talented against teams that are more talented. Now, this is the year that I think that Luca actually has the talent around him long term to win a playoff series. Christian Wood and Luca Doncic, when they're on the floor at the same time, it's probably the third best duo in the league. And I'm not joking with you when I say third best duo. The problem is Christian Wood just doesn't play the elite defense that needs to be played by your second tier scorer in order for them to be successful. I actually really like the versatility of the Dallas Mavericks. Again, you said it earlier, the West is down this year. I don't like the Warriors at all. They're terrible on the road this year. They they feel like Clay Thompson maybe he's never going to come back fully from that injury that he had uh, with tearing the Achilles. I've never been a fan of the Clippers. They just a lot of hype and not a lot of, you know, substance when it comes to success. And the the Nuggets will largely depend on if Jamal Murray rounds out back into form coming off of his, his in, injury last year. He is back playing. Again, he has the opportunity to really take that team to the next level. And we'll dive into who I think, Nikola Jokic, I think he's probably going to be the MVP at the end of the year when it's all said and done. He has hit a stride that is kind of unparalleled uh, if you want to really look at his stats. The only person that I remember putting up stats like that is Akeem Olajuwon when it comes to how just versatile he's been for that team. And if they can maintain the one seed, again, you know that the way the NBA works and the way the NBA media works, it's a lot of storyline type voting, right? Jokic is coming off of back-to-back MVPs. He might be adding a third one on the list this year and he's at six to one to win that so uh that's a pretty valuable (laughs) that's a pretty valuable uh line to take as far as the mvp race but again as far as conference action goes i really love the mavericks in the west and the team that's gonna win the east and come out of the east and represent the east in the championship is the brooklyn nets that team we're on the same page here that team has hit its stride. That team has figured it out under coach Jacques Vaughn, by the way, also a sleeper for the coach of the year award. Mm. Uh, you might want to grab him right now. He's at eight to one to win coach of the year. And that team is on fire. They've won nine out of their last 10. They've been great since they've kind of figured things out under Jacques Vaughn. That team is ready to rock and don't sleep on Kevin Durant in the MVP race either. 
he also will get some traction. His odds will change a lot. He's got some value still right now. I would look at Jokic and Durant as some possible value picks in the MVP race with Giannis and Tatum being the favorites at two uh, plus 275. Now, Derek, I'm very happy that we are on the same page here because in my notes, I wrote down as my second best value pick was Jokic. The sportsbook I checked was plus 700 to win MVP. Now, he, I believe he was, it was, he was top five in the odds, but you said Tatum and Giannis were the favorites, correct? Now, the, what, the way he's been playing the last week or two, unbelievable. The game he get, had against Charlotte, 40, 27, and 10, and it's just, okay, like, what else can you do? And then a couple steals, a couple blocks, <laughs> it's like, okay. And then last game, he said, okay. I'm not going to score. I'm going to get everyone involved, and I'm going to dominate the game just by being a presence on the court. Very, It's like having a wide receiver, like a Tyreek Hill, for instance. Going in motion, Tyreek Hill goes in motion. The defense is in a panic, and they're like, okay, we got to worry about this. That's how it was with Jokic on the block, working on Steven Adams or in the high post. And they're like, okay, what are we going to do? And he's like, this is what I'm going to do. I'm just going to pass it to everyone for easy dunks. Controlling the game at his own pace. Now, with the MVP, is it going to be hard for him to win because of voter fatigue? I, it is because, you know, the way the media works, it's always like, well, he already won it, so why should we give it to him again? People can make the case Steve Nash, the, the year after he won his back-to-back, that was probably his best year out of the two MVP years, so they won't give it to Steve Nash. Oh, he Jordan, robbed he robbed Kobe one year. That happened. He did rob. He did. He robbed everyone Kobe will of a, agree. Of an MVP. He did. He did yeah. rob him. But then you can even go back to '98 when Carl Malone wins, or was it '97? Carl Malone won MVP over Jordan. It was '97. Carl mm-hmm. Malone wins MVP because it's like, wow, are we just going to give it to Jordan again? The last three-time winner was Bird in the mid '80s. So it is going to be difficult for Jokic to win MVP his third one. But the way he's been playing and the key you brought up was the Nuggets being the one seed. That's always the key with the, with the voters. Now, he didn't win it as the – he won it last year as the fifth seed, and the prior year he won it as the fourth seed or third seed? I think he was the third seed. He was the third seed, yeah, because he played the Suns and they were the second seed, yeah. So he hasn't been – he's been a top four, top five seed, but this year he might catch capture the one seed. I will say his biggest competition will definitely be Giannis – and uh, Tatum for sure. Something's going on with the Celtics. I don't know what it is. They've just they keep losing to bad teams. I don't know what's going on. The what Magic. Happened to, I, what happened to the Celtics was they started hot, red hot from everywhere. They were shooting lights out from three as a team. They were shooting lights out from three. They were shooting lights out from the field. They have actually come back to reality, so to speak, with their shooting percentages. And they're not playing as good a defense as they they played in previous years, and so they are having issues with getting stops at key moments. Um, Which is odd because Robert not, Williams is back. But not to say that I honestly think you have teams that just go through these stretches where it's like we know we're going to be in the postseason. It's the regular season. Let's coast a little bit because we know we're going to be there at the end. Again, I honestly think home court doesn't truly matter to these elite teams at the end. I think. You know, if you can just put the best five on the floor, and I, I guess the Celtics have shown it, you know, they're the deepest five 
at a time in basketball for the most part that if you can just make sure everybody gets through the regular season healthy and you're firing on most of your cylinders come postseason time, it doesn't really matter where you play, to be honest. Yep, true. I, I totally agree. So do you have any, maybe even some college basketball, or do you just want to stick with NBA? Any other futures? So I definitely have some futures stuff going on in college basketball. Um, before the season started, and you got a chance to see this in the chat that we have together, but I was very vocal about make sure you get some money on Texas, make sure you get some money on U of H. You know, there's a chance the, the final four is in Houston this year. There's a chance that three schools from Texas are in the final four. And I'm not joking. And that's Houston, Texas, and Baylor. And don't forget TCU's playing really well as well as well. They're nine and one right now in the regular season. What's that guy's um, name? Lim- uh, Lampkin. I love him. Yeah, Lampkin. Lampkin. I love yeah, him. I love yeah. I love the way he plays. Um, Houston probably has the deepest team they've ever had under Kelvin Sampson and they play defense in a way that frustrates a lot of teams. They just went on the road, I think, and got a big road victory against Virginia, a top five Mm -hmm. victory uh, against Virginia, I think last weekend. Um, so Houston's not going to really get challenged in their conference. They might lose one game. They might go undefeated throughout conference play. Uh, so they'll for sure go in, I think as the number one overall seed in the tournament, um, that means they'll get a pretty decent break in the bracket, uh, which means they'll probably end up in San Antonio for their first round. They'll probably end up in Dallas for the second round, the sweet 16 home court advantage. Yeah. So they probably might not even leave Texas throughout the entire process of getting to the final four. If you have an opportunity to get money on Houston to win the championship this year in college basketball, I suggest you do so. The odds are only going to get worse as they get into conference play and they start mowing down inferior opponents in conference play. So, you know, I've, I follow college basketball, not as much as you, obviously. So are there any teams that might come as a surprise when it comes to March Madness? I know North Carolina is struggling completely. Do you think they'll be able to turn the tide and you could get good value on a North Carolina team who's been to the national title game last year that re- that returned a lot of the key players from last year? Do you think there's any value of putting in a North Carolina to make it to the Final Four once again? To be honest with you, I think you have a situation where that team's just kind of complacent. I don't think they're playing their best basketball. I think they've struggled to really find a stretch of playing good basketball. Um, I think they have opportunities in ACC play to kind of get ready for tournament play uh, because the ACC is kind of a gauntlet throughout the regular season. So they'll have excellent opportunities to do so. I just think they're not equipped this year to really make a deep run in in the tournament. Um, last year, they kind of got hot at the right time. Armando Baycott played excellent down the stretch. Uh, he was a key force for them, uh, getting all the way to the final four, uh, the championship game. And so, um, I just think that that team, and I grew up a Tar Heel fan. Uh, I just don't see them having the same success that they had last year making it a deep run, making a deep run into the tournament. And again, we all know about this. It's going to be very matchup dependent, right? Your tournament path is very matchup dependent, who you get in your bracket, who you catch on that second day in the first, the first and second round, you know, when you don't have time to prepare, or if you, if you catch a really good defensive team in the sweet 16, because they get a week to prepare for you, you know, there's a chance that you run into kind of a gauntlet when it comes to the defensive side of the basketball. And, 
And if you end up in that situation, you could be out in the Sweet 16 and be a team that could potentially challenge for a championship, but you just caught a bad matchup. Got it. Got it. So, okay. So definitely looking at North Carolina, like, eh, like you know, just not feeling it this year. You guys kind of like, I, I don't want to throw the F word frauds out there, but I mean, they were the number one team heading into the year, but a lot of people disagreed with that. A lot of, you know, a lot of analysts and stuff like that thought it should be Houston coming into the year, but a team that's, I, I don't know if this was a surprise to you, but a big surprise to me. What about a team like UConn? Are they actually for real? So again, UConn will face a lot of tests in the big East, right? So that's kind of, everybody's kind of waiting to see kind of Purdue and UConn, both of those teams undefeated throughout the regular season so far, number one and number two in the country right now, as far as the um, AP top 25, we obviously know Purdue's going to face some teams in the Big Ten that are going to give them some losses, right? That Purdue will not go through the Big Ten undefeated. You can cement that in stone, okay? So with that being said, UConn's going to face a similar path in the Big East, right? They'll face the likes of Syracuse. They'll face the likes of a couple other teams that are really difficult to play, Villanova, for instance. Uh, teams that can really cause some problems, Creighton. Uh, you know, teams that can cause some problems for you on the offensive end of the floor. Um, and I think they have excellent opportunities really to, you know, build a resume. But at the same time, I think they'll suffer a couple of losses. And if they suffer a couple of losses, you know, you have Houston there at 12 and one. You have Kansas there at 10 and one, Arizona at 11 and one, uh, Virginia at eight and two, Texas at 10 and one. You know, those are teams that you're going to see kind of, you know, come out of the regular season with two, three, four losses total. You know, so an excellent opportunity for I see a team of value that I would probably put money on right now to go to the final four, potentially win a championship is Arkansas at 11 to one right now. Um, they are 11 and one on the season. They do have an excellent opportunity to go through the SEC, which is kind of down this year. You have Tennessee and Alabama in the SEC, not much else. LSU is a little down this year. You have Mississippi State at 11 and one, but they really haven't played anybody. Um so, yeah, Arkansas and Alabama, both Alabama uh, able to get a vic victory against um, U of H earlier this season. Um, so an opportunity for one of those teams to come out of the SEC and get a, an opportunity to go deep in the tournament. Got it. So before we go, give me your final four right now. Ooh, final four right now. Uh, Houston, Texas, depending on where they end up in the bracket, because it's really tough. Um, because if they end up on the same side of the bracket, say Texas is the two seed in Houston's one in Houston's region, you know, they'll meet in the elite eight. Right. So, um, I would say Houston, Purdue, Kansas, and Texas, probably the four best teams in the country today. And you'd say the favorite is Houston, correct? I would say the, the favorite is Houston because you, when you get, when you have to face that defense and they're offensively, they're the most talented they've ever been. Okay. And defensively, they're always going to bring it on defense. They 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 have a very workmanlike approach on the defensive end of the floor. And teams that are soft teams do not handle that well, right? And so, I was in person. I got to see U of H dismantle Arizona last year in San Antonio. It was, and they took Benedict Matherin out of the game completely, and it was over with. That hurt me. I had Arizona winning it all. Oh, I watched. I, I watched. I had a massive bet on Arizona last year in that game, and I watched the money burn right in front of me. <laughs> it was pretty impressive. 
Well, thank you so much, Derek. I will definitely will be talking to you during March Madness. Mm, up, yeah, sure. And you will be giving me all the plays. I will be tailing you through and through with any with any college basketball bet, especially March Madness. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, I want to thank everyone who will be watching and who will be listening. This is the third episode of Hoops with Coop. Take care, everyone. See ya.